This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't know, know planes man. that they're building? Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. <laughs> and we're all here yet again together. Kinda, I guess. Not really together. Let me change my as, phrase as on that. together as we can be. As together days, as we can be, yep. It's <laughs> yep. just insane. While we do what we can. Yeah, I think that's everybody's all keeping on keeping on. So, you know, yep. it is what it is. But anyway, boys, how is everything going on your guys' side? It has been, I've had like three Mondays on my fucking side, and it's Thursday. So, there's that. It's, uh, it's been going good. I'm, uh... Enjoying the final bit of my unemployment before I have to go back to the man and get COVID at the bar. So Uh, (laughs) that sucks. Yeah, Yeah. that's not happy. That's not happy at all. Well, let's, uh, I don't know, dude. Godspeed on everything. I know that you're kind of going back to normalcy. Uh, Listeners around the country, around the world, I, you know, everybody's kind of different phases, I guess. I don't think Salt Lake's doing bad compared to some of the country, but I don't think we're doing great either. Uh, Utah know. in general is doing bad. In general, Utah. So actually the Salt Lake stats I saw went down a little bit. So which is kind of a you know it's kind of a good thing. But just fucking wear a mask. It's not that hard. We'll just wear a mask. Wear a mask, wash your hands. It's not yep. an impingement on your civil liberties. If you think that you're fucking stupid. Yep. <laughs> that's that's exactly you really cut it to the punch, dude. I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not oh, you're not I wrong. Started my new position at work this week and it's been whoo, mm. I'm tired and hung over. Yeah. yeah. Sad to be and, both. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm salary again. And so I like stress out about clocking out at five o'clock every day. And then I'm like, Oh wait, I don't have to. Do it's you even have weird. to clock in now or no, 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 no but I've got like phantom time clock syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. took me a while to get used to that too, but it's kind of cool when you're on your own schedule, but I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's times and I'm working 70 hour plus weeks. And then there's times I'm working like 35, 40 hour weeks. So it balances out, you know, as long as you find that balance, everything's kind of cool. You know, we got weird times where with our company. So I get, I get it totally. The last time I was salary that we were basically expected to work at least 50 or if not 60 hours a week. Yeah, that's um, too much. Yeah. I think 50 is kind of a standard, though, isn't it, though? Like 50 for salary? Mm. I'm getting paid yeah. whatever I get paid a year to work 40 hours a week with the understanding that sometimes it's going to be a little more and sometimes it's going to be a little less. Like uh, yeah. the standard is 40. If you want it to be 50, that's fine. But you need to pay me, you know, whatever yeah. the equivalent of that would be. Yeah. Well, and also working people to death doesn't help productivity. It's like just because yeah. I'm there for sixty hours that week, like I'm burnt out by Wednesday. Like, yeah, you're not getting a, you're not getting more work out of me. Like, I'm just physically here more. Yeah, we've had a huge culture shift 
at my company over the last couple of years. Um, and so it's like, we do things like 980 where people can work nine hour shifts and get every other Friday off and stuff like that. So it's not like it used to be where, you know, like it's, it's December. Everybody better be here till 7 PM, you know, just for appearances. Yeah. Yeah, Like that was a thing for a while. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've worked with corporations before that literally I knew this guy that was salary and I was trying to get to salary and he, because of the design of the corporation, he was putting so many hours in a fucking week that the dude, he was making less than I was hourly mm-hmm. because he was there all the time. Like there's companies that will absolutely abuse that privilege of somebody going salary. And, and it's a shitty thing. And, and even though, you know, the, there's a time shift as far as, you know, where we're at now with our culture, I, it's still like that. I think in a lot of companies, you know, so. Yeah. Like, uh, mine's not like that anymore. And it, it never was like super bad that way. Um, but, uh, but it could be depending on who your manager was basically. Absolutely. Um, yeah. it's, it's not like that anymore. Like they're super all about the work life balance and like, uh, every time we have like a meeting that our CEO is in, he's like, don't sit in front of your laptop for eight hours, like get up and go take a walk and do stuff. And you know, I don't expect you to be here eight hours at a time, do what you got to do. Just make sure you get your job done. So it's, it's nice. Easier said than done sometimes for sure. Well, yeah, yeah, let's, let's talk about better shit than work. (laughs) I know that's what I was just saying. You, you talk about some UFOs and shit. You you were my segue, John. I was just going to say, yeah, you know, with everything going on, (laughs) let's move into this. Um, well, you know, also just in case anyone from my job was listening, didn't want to be bashing work too much. (laughs) Hey, you know what? As long as it's not cutting into the podcast, we don't give a shit. I mean, that's the thing. We got to make sure we have our time for this. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'll kick it off because I got it pulled up and yeah. then we can just roundhouse. For those of you who are listening, so we, this is a uh, Fortean news for July. Um, we usually do every fourth episode, but because John did a fantastic write up on the Rundersham, we smashed part one, part two together. So technically, this is the fifth episode. If those of you who really care and are going to complain, yeah, right. I don't think there's you know. one person. I don't think like, there's anybody. Hey, man, this is the fourth week. Where, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where the hell's my news, man? God damn it, analytics, man. So I think we're good there. But so this is news episode, and we actually have some things to uncover. It's been a busy month, boys, and uh, I'm going to start with this here, which sounds kind of plain, but at the same time, there's there's an added layer of skin to this. So Area 51 photos from Pilot reveal new view of mysterious Nevada base. Uh, there's a couple things ro- not really wrong with the story, but I'm curious about basically. So we'll start into it and we'll, we'll go from there. So Gabriel Zeffman, an air traffic controller and private pilot told mystery wire. He has made three trips near the one secret base since November. Zeffman said he landed in Rachel, Nevada, along with extraterrestrial highway in November, 2019 and had radio Nellis air force base to ask for permission to fly over the test range in restricted airspace to continue his flight to Henderson executive airport. After he was granted permission, he flew along the boundary, which he described as pretty awesome. As dumb as that sounds, the first thing that I'm thinking on, on my head, I'm sure John Josh, you got the same thing, is as far as I know, nobody's allowed, like the area around that perimeter, he's saying there's a perimeter that he was allowed to fly along that's 30 to 40 miles away from the base. Yeah. And so the first part of this is he captured different views of the base. Okay, so he talks about his activity, you know, there's runways, there's really nothing going on. He says, you know, he did three times, three trips. 
Um, and so it does give us a different view. And if you want to stumble on it, by the way, so uh, this one that I'm pulling up on the article is uh, by Travis Fetchen, um, and it's Fox News. But it's in several, several outlets. The problem is... Uh, there's another side to this where, yes, he's got some cool photographs. He's got different views of the base, which we've never really had before. Um, number one, I'm curious how he got so close because I don't remember anybody being that close in restricted airspace as far as I'm concerned. And number two. Well, why would – oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. no. And number two is there's off stories of this, and I didn't really dig into it. There's a few out there, a few outlets that are reporting it, but he has pictures, obviously, on YouTube, and there has been people who has basically freeze-framed the pictures, and they're showing that uh, there was a hangar that was built in April, and you could see the tarps on it. You can see it kind of being built. You can see the structure there. And then the new pictures here in July 2020, and again, we're talking this year, the hangar's not there. There's nothing there whatsoever. That area that was being mm. built or being constructed, um, according to the pictures and the freeze frames, it doesn't exist. So that's the second fold of this story. Mm-hmm. So anyway, continue. Well, I was just saying, like, if he's just a regular random pilot and air, what, he's an air traffic controller, did you say? Yeah, evidently. They're not going to let just some random pilot fly with that kind of view. Like, no, he's like, he, he asked permission like that why would they give him permission to do that so if it's yeah. restricted airspace how are you gonna get like right. they'll shoot you down yeah it's like one of the most crazy no-fly zones in the world oh ever oh yeah absolutely now i get what he's saying i mean and the thing is i think it is real because there is a name attached to it i looked at the name that he is that's exactly what he does that's his position he's a private pilot um, I think there's validity there, but yeah, I mean, the pictures look pretty good too. I mean, I, I looked at them and uh, I mean, they seem like legit pictures. I'm just baffled that he got permission to fly that close to the base, take pictures and blast them on the internet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 30 or 40 miles away from the base. It sounds like a lot, but not if you're up pretty high Not in there. You know yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so. a, that's a, easy line of sight when you're that high i wonder i wonder if uh the building that disappeared was like a temporary structure or if it's something that they built and then buried so it would be like an underground hangar or something (laughs) you know what i love conspiracy theories i don't know i mean the whole thing is it just it it reeks of not the right information but the problem is there's a bunch of news outlets that are reporting the exact same thing the guy's name is attached to it he's legitimate and so, you know, I don't know. You know, again, Area 51, as far as I'm concerned, and we've talked about this, I really don't think there's anything going on out there, personally. I think it shifted. It moved. There's Area 52 right here in good old Utah. Um, but, yep, you know, Dugway. teach your own. Yeah, Dougway. Yeah, but teach your own. So. Yeah, part of me is wondering if maybe that airspace is a lot less restricted these days with all the publicity and everything. And, like, they're just like, it's not that big of a deal anymore if anybody has pictures of the base because – because it's out there. It's already out there. Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been popularized in books and pop culture and all of that. So it's like, sure, fly. That we're not doing any. They would have to be crazy to be doing any type of experimental aircraft. Absolutely. Yeah, there. absolutely. Like, and you know, as far as working, so I mean, who says that there's even anything going on out there? The one thing. Mm-hmm. So when I found that news report, I started researching a little bit into uh, 
flights and because I know that, well, you know, Bob Lazar has a report on it too, but there's, you know, I stumbled out of the news things last couple of years where there's a private jet that lands in basically the, the Las Vegas airport and they yeah, have their the own, little, yeah, they have their own terminal and then they load and then they go there. And I try to kind of backtrack a little bit and look at that and see, okay, is this still active? Is this happening? I, I really didn't come up with anything. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know on my yeah. side, but you know, if you guys hear something, yeah, I mean, I thought that the Janet flights were still going on. I mean, if it's still a functional base, then I don't have any reason to believe right. that those are stopping. But I just think that there's no way they're doing as classified. Like all the, I'm sure all the military classified uh, programs are being held somewhere else. Well, yeah, they're not. Yeah. Uh, they're not back engineering UFOs, let alone building the new SR 71s. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> watch yeah, it tomorrow totally. after this episode lands like set or Sunday, Monday watch, you know, all of a sudden there's news reports of a giant alien UFO that comes out of the ground in area 51 and completely fucking debunks everything we just said. And just makes us look like assholes. But I would love know. that. I would love I w- that. I would, and I, will, I would have egg on my face. I'm fine. Cool. All yeah, right. I, I will 100% admit that I was wrong if that happens. And I will <laughs> gladly admit it. Yeah. Right. But I mean, anyway, for my security clearance, I think it's highly unlikely that there's really anything super classified going on there. I'm sure there's some hush hush stuff that you can't talk about. But yeah, you know, they're not, they're not going to be pulling that the new version of the SR 71 out on a runway while they're letting Joe Schmo fly 30, 40 miles outside of the base. Yeah. And just skirt the perimeter while he fucking snaps his uh, GoPro. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like i like if you did that 20, 30 years ago, you, you would have been shot down immediately. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was funny. So. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, and yeah. the pictures actually are really good and it is kind oh, of yeah. fun to take a look at them and just kind of study them and be like, Oh crap. Like, and just kind of think about all the weird shit that's happened there. You know, not even extraterrestrial, just all the uh, yeah, secret it, it's operations. Been crazy, like the, the his, yeah, the history behind it is just insane. Yeah. And and again, yeah, like you said, I don't even said ET, ETs. I think there there's other stuff they're working on, and it was designed for to build a spy plane. You know, mm-hmm. originally. and I mean, just the truth about that base is fascinating. Without any type of conspiracy or anything like that. If anybody is interested in learning any more on the area 51 base, um, read Annie Jacobson's book. It's called area 51. I was going to say, really yeah, good. yeah. We both read that book. It's fantastic. You know, yep. she, and the last like chapter, chapter and a half. Woof. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a good book. Yeah. You know. Well, um, I, I'll go, I'll take it. My turn. I've been debating what story Johnny I takes the wheel with Johnny. Take the wheel. <laughs> um, I've been debating on what story I want to start out with, and I think I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to switch it up, and I'll, I'll save I'll save what I was going to start out with for last. But that's uh, information that you guys don't care about. <laughs> so, uh, meet the man trying to send a warning about history's worst tragedies back to 1935. And this is by Mark Hay from Mike.com. And this was just put out today, July 23rd, 2020. So Hmm. at the day we're recording. So for about a decade, this guy named Joe Davis has been trying to send a message into space. And this message isn't for alien contact. Unlike SETI. Um, This is for us. 
And he's already sent two signals into the void for them. He hopes that this communique will reach humans on Earth, ideally around 1935. And this dispatch, which Davis calls Swan Song, is at its simplest a one-hour Morse code transmission listing numerous pandemics, natural disasters, genocides, and other tragedies that humans failed to mitigate or prevent between 1935 and 2011. So the idea is to send it towards Cygnus X1, a black hole over 6,000 light years from Earth, in order to slingshot the signal off its time-distorting edge into the past and back towards us. And if the gambit works, the Swan Song Project could, as Davis puts it in his notes for a 2017 presentation on the idea, be used to break the wheel of time. So that wow. is some pretty hefty stuff um he's actually not a scientist per se um, <laughs> i'm not a real gynecologist but i play one on my dual shed yeah yeah but but uh his kind of his credentials don't really reflect um his intellect hmm. um he's done some actually pretty amazing things um he got permission from notorious innovation hub bell laboratories to use their laser rigs to carve acrylic glass and plastic uh, publishing his techniques in academic journal. So, I mean, the guy's, the guy's smart and he's, he was kind of putting his idea out there that he wanted to send a message back. And um, this guy, this other theoretical physicist or something hit him up and let's see, let me try and find it. Yeah. It's uh, in late 2009, a science writer who read a couple of Davis's blog posts wrote that, about his our, our Recibo venture sent him a suggestion. Why not try using a rapidly spinning black hole, a Kerr object, to send a message about humans to humans in the past? And that, Davis says, really intrigued him. Hmm. Um, and he's been doing a bunch of different things. Um, other guy says, from the outside, Davis's projects often feel like scattershot exercises and erratically satiating, overwhelming curiosity about everything around. Um, as he once described his drive, but in conversation, it becomes clear that a common thread unites many of them, a deep interest in fathoming the totality of human existence and in figuring out how to encapsulate and preserve or transmit that understanding. What are you laughing at, Josh? <laughs> I see you down there just giggling. Sorry, John. <laughs> it's, Sorry. For those of you who are I, listening to the podcast, the Zoom is like Josh is just fucking chuckling on the bottom here. Am I amusing you? <laughs> yes, you are a clown here for my amusement. <laughs> no, uh, I just saw Tori creep in and out in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. she's getting ready. So I, I record now in basically her room. Um, it used to be like her office and all her clothes are in here. So now she has to um, crawl down. That's what I was laughing at earlier. I like noticed she was like crawling down, like grabbing clothes and stuff. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh no, it's, it's all good. Um, so, Oh, also he has a problem with SETI saying that they're the message that they send out which is probably never going to be heard by an uh, alien civilization to begin with, but that they send out a, f a false message of humans. He's like, humans aren't just some peaceful, loving, nice society. You know? Absolutely not. <clears throat> He's like, we're violent. We're evil. Like, and said, he just kind of leaves that out. And he's yeah. like, uh, 
Yeah, so he's not definitely like a huge SETI supporter. I want to find Oh yeah, so he did this one cool thing. This dude's awesome. Um he's been poking and riffing on SETI projects for decades. And notably, in 1986, he briefly took over MIT's millstone radar dish to beam the vaginal contractions of a troop of local ballerinas into space to protest NASA's decision <laughs> to censor female genital anatomy in SETI missives. Wow. Uh, the U.S. Air Force, which uses that radar installation, intervened and cut the transmission after 20 minutes. 20 minutes, you say? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> I think that does. is pretty... That is pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Um, this is interesting. You stumble on something. This is very unique. <laughs> I yeah, I love this story. And this guy seems yeah. super cool. And this theoretical physicist, he's uh, say that this idea. So none of the papers on the topic say that this idea will definitely work, given what we know about the laws of the universe. Just that for all we know, the laws of physics might be like this, and we might be able to do this. Um, this guy named Effingham points out, uh, even if Kerr objects really are function time machines, the chances of a signal hitting one just right are slim to begin with. And even if a signal did bounce back to us, it would likely be too weak to read. And also Davis says that <clears throat> even if we did receive that message in 1935, we're so close off to that sort of thing that we probably wouldn't even, we would just dismiss it. He's like, so even if we did get this message, we would just be like, no, I I, not, we don't know. Like none of that matters. Um, Yeah. He's like, it probably wouldn't be believed because of human humanity's tendency to ignore uncomfortable truths as absurd or ill-informed until it's too late. It's kind of like the response to the pandemic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. No, that goddamn, that's interesting. That's, huh? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, there. I definitely, I definitely recommend um, reading the whole article. It's super cool. This guy's awesome. Um, he's worked on a ton of stuff, and he just seems like a really cool, interesting guy. Just, I don't know, just always perplexed by the mysteries of life. Um, but yeah, like I said again, that was um, from the author of it. I think it was on Mike.com. And it was by Mark Hay, so go check it out if you want. Yeah. Wow. Really good stuff. Huh. I enjoyed it. Oh, man. I've got a doozy for you guys. Are you ready? <laughs> Are we? <laughs> yes. Huge UFO, 25 times the size of Earth, spotted near sun, claims UFO hunting enthusiast Scott C. Warring. <laughs> oh, yeah. This Scott guy. Warring. Jesus yeah. Christ. Him again? Yeah. I was just uh, reading an article how he's like, there's... 25 different installations on the moon and he's pointed them out. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he, he's, he's been in our hot chaff section on multiple occasions. Yeah. yeah I think we've has. talked about him quite a bit actually, but continue. Yeah. Uh, this is from Z news from India. Um, and it says new telly UFO hunting enthusiast, Scott C. Waring has claimed that he has spotted evidence of a huge UFO 25 times the size of, of the earth near the sun. I caught a giant black orb exiting our sun on Soho images today. The images are actually from June 27th, but are still seen as current for some unknown reason. The black sphere is over 25 times the size of the earth and sits there for a few hours before it shoots away. The self-proclaimed UFO hunter wrote in the blog ET database. And that's the article. 
They're right there. <laughs> self-proclaimed. You have, I, I can self-proclaim a lot of things that I think I'm self-proclaimed in, but when you put your own fucking title, I, this guy's just, well, he's crack shit crazy. God damn. It's, it's funny too, because, um, there's like a link to a YouTube video in the article, but if you click it, it just takes you to, uh, to an ad for a standing desk. Sounds about right. Really? Yeah. yeah. I guess there's a little bit more to the article, but it's probably not worth fucking talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 20, Scott 20, Warren, he but, lost me at 25 times the size of Earth. Yeah. Yeah. What was oh, it? Didn't he say something about he spotted, he thought he spotted tardigrades on the sun's surface? Didn't that come out like two weeks ago or some shit? And he was willing to. Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't see that either, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. No, and I cut him like last year, and I oh cool, look what this guy's, and then I started looking, I was like oh, I mean I want to believe, but some stuff is just like a little like I feel like if there was something twenty five size, twenty five times the size of Earth, like it would be astronomers would be losing their damn mind. Well, from from the especially since they just launched like an observatory, like a satellite in solar orbit, real as close as they can get it to the sun. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they'd probably would have picked that up. Um, and just looking at the still from the YouTube video link, um, it just looks like, like there's a coronal mass ejection that's just kind of arcing back over. And so it looks like there's a circle, yeah, um, which is fucking totally normal. And then uh, his guy. take of it shooting away, I could see it just being that, uh, that coronal arc just flipping back out. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And so I think, for, I think I've seen what you're talking about and yeah, it's, it's just, uh, he, it, he really likes to that. Fit. Yeah. yeah. And for you listeners that are doing the audio, it's funny because when Josh was trying to explain it, he used rabbit ears to explain <laughs> which basically means crazy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I always forget yeah. that you can't hear air quotes. <laughs> it's just fucking funny. <laughs> anyway, God, that just amazes me. Well, you know, let's stand by for more from uh, Scott Waring because he, you know, I mean, he's always out there. Bless so, his heart. Oh, bless you know, his heart. at least he's got ambition, right? Exactly. You know, more than we can say for some of us. So anyway, I mean, he definitely, he definitely sees what he wants to see. He definitely does. And he makes a story behind it for sure. So yeah. anyway, we're going to go a quick break. We're going to come back for more news. Stand by, folks. Good evening, ma'am. Hey, y'all. What can I do you for? Can I have a glass of Chardonnay? I'm sorry, darling. We don't serve that here. Any Merlot? I'm pretty sure you don't want these feet going nowhere near them grapes. All righty. How about a craft beer? Oh, yeah. We got plenty of craft beer. Which one you want? No, not craft beer. Craft beer. Oh, no, hell no. I'm, I'm pretty sure the bar down the street serves that. Okay, well, what do you serve? I'm glad you asked. Welcome to the Backwoods Barcast. We serve up moonshine, cheap beer, bottom shelf liquor, and stories even harder to swallow. Join Nick. And Brittany. And the janitor, Stephen, as we discuss southeastern mysteries and mayhem, including but not limited to UFOs, true crime, the paranormal, and much more. So knock four times, grab a stool, let the bar talk commence, and as always, drink more beer. All right, and we're back. So uh, why we're on, you? so usually I'm not the UFO guy. 
Usually I'm the ghost guy, but I'll be honest with you, you bros. I, I didn't really have a chance to, there was like one ghost article and it was kind of a repeated one. So I really didn't find anything in there, but there has been some tantalizing things coming up on the UFO community. And one of them is, and this is, uh, this happens yearly actually. And it is a consensus and a status base that yearly puts together the top 10 states, top 50 states that have UFO sightings. And so this is new from 2020, and I just find this very interesting because I, I feel it shifts and changes. Just mm. to give you guys, so this article is written by Aaron McCarthy, uh, and it's from Mental Floss. And we have, although we're not done with 2020 yet, we're in uh, July, so we're you know we're getting there. We're getting to the end of it. And more than halfway, baby. More than halfway, yeah, absolutely. So where we stand at now, uh, the UFO sightings, and again, just to clarify, these are sightings. These are not confirmed reported incidents of things were cataloged, people were interviewed. It's not like that. This is just things that were called in, documented in one way, shape, or form of some sort. But as we stand now in July, this will air, what, July 25th? We have uh, countrywide reported 5,971 sightings uh, reported in 2020. So we're kind of getting there. And I will say, we sit in Utah now, so here's a pop quiz for you two. Do you think that Utah is on the top 10 for 2020? For UFO sightings? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't would, think so. I would believe it. I wouldn't think so, but I feel like the reason you asked that question's, question is because it is. Um, but I, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> We're not, actually. So we yeah. come in, I think, 24th, it looks like. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Dang, what is it? Utah New York got the best. New York, California, Texas, Oregon. Well, so here's the thing. So I've been following this for the last like four or five years, and this is just one consensus of many that are kind of put together. But I find it funny because it really goes into, and you know, there's other factors involved in this. You're talking about light pollution. You're talking about population density. You're talking about, you know, are they seeing it from Las Vegas, which last year uh, was last year. In 2018, I think there was somebody outside of a hotel room that saw orbs in Las Vegas. It just it shifts whether you know what location people are seeing things. I find it hard to see a UFO in your New York City or if you're in downtown LA just because of light pollution alone. But this year things have shifted a little bit, and a lot of these states and a lot of these sightings are very rural. Um, number one on the list is Idaho, 9.18 sightings per 100,000 people. Montana comes in second, New Hampshire third, Maine, New Mexico, Vermont, Wyoming, which I would think Wyoming would always be in the top 10 just because there's two people that live there. They have nothing better to do than look up in the sky. But maybe that's <laughs> not the thing. guy from Montana. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, there's five of us, so I can gang up on the guy from Wyoming. <laughs> um, Hawaii, Washington State comes in on number nine and number 10 rounding on the top 10 list is Connecticut. So I don't know. I found that interesting. And again, these aren't confirmed sightings, but these are just, hey, they were reported, called in, either via yeah. police or MUFON, which don't even want to talk about that right now. I think one of us is going to bring that up. Um, but yeah, more, there you go. More rural makes sense to me, given what you were talking about with light pollution also, you know? Yeah, yeah but usually, usually the more reports happen from more densely populated because there's more people that can see them. Um I don't know. There's just well, that's another factor to it too. That you know you have so you have a lot of people. We'll take we did an episode what four episodes ago about Phoenix Lights. Very very good example of that. 
you know, were you, so it's a fairly populated area, but word spread, one person saw it, it started. There's, again, there's different factors that can kind of make a thing. The rural thing really is, a, you know, if you're in the middle of nowhere, like we like to do in camp, we go out there, it's all, it's us and there's no light pollution, there's no nothing. But if you have yeah. a group of people too, that's another side. And I just find it funny because year to year it shifts. It's never mm-hmm. really the same thing. It's never really the same states. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. I wonder how many of those sightings are actually legit though, since it seems like no one investigated any, they just took any random report. Yeah. So you saw UFO. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many of those are valid. And I usually, I usually get my reporting from MUFON about like all the monthly sightings and everything, but I think I'm going to stop (laughs) doing that now. And I recommend everyone else, um, Involved with MUFON, uh, try and take their talents and their interests to elsewhere. Any, any, literally any other organization because MUFON yeah. has, like, man, they've make they've, your uh, own they've organization. Been very, they've, at been, this they've, point. Been, they've been riddled with controversy for a long time, mm-hmm. and this is just the icing on the cake. So, if anybody hasn't heard, the executive director of MUFON UFO Network arrested for child solicitation. So this is the guy named Jan Harzan and he's just the world's biggest piece of shit. Agreed. So uh, he was arrested in Huntington beach. And according to a statement made on the department's Facebook page in the past two weeks, detectives from the Huntington beach police department, special enforcement bureau have arrested two suspects on two separate incidents involving online crimes against children. On July 3rd, detectives contacted a male by the name of Jan Harzan after Harzan solicited sexual activity from a detective he believed was a 13-year-old girl. The suspect solicited the minor to meet for the purpose of engaging in sexual activity, and when the suspect agreed to meet the supposed minor, detectives were there to take him into custody. Um, yeah, so... And there's they've got a big old picture of him. He's... He's an awful person, and this is just one member of MUFON that is a horrible, wretched piece of shit. Um, there one member is, that managed to rise to the top. Yep. 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 There's another guy named John Venter, and he's been on, uh, he was on like History Channel's uh, UFO. The man, what was that show? Like the case, the uh, case files, or, uh, Hangar One, Hangar oh, One. Or oh, something. yeah, yeah. So this John Venter guy, um, I'm honestly not even going to read his. There's uh, one of the higher ups, John Venter, and another guy named Ken Pfeiffer. Um, I'm not even going to read what they uh, threw on social media because it's just abhorrent and just disgusting. But um, it's super ignorant, very racist, a lot of bullshit. And MUFON, when they di- when when these guys were called out for that, MUFON didn't kick them out of the organization or anything. They just kind of moved them around and basically cloaked them. So MUFON has a history of hiding for horrible human garbage. And um, now this is just the icing on the cake. So I'll no longer be supporting MUFON in any way, shape or form. This will be the last time I probably really talk about them unless there's another some other newsworthy story about them but like 
in no way, shape or form do I think anybody should ever support this organization ever again. Yeah, absolutely. It's, agreed. And I, and I think, Oh, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say it's, it's pretty wild that like everyone that we've talked to or heard a lecture from since we like started this last summer uh-huh. has basically been like, yeah, I used to be in MUFON, but I'm not anymore because, and then they like allude to some weird shit, but never come yeah. right out and say it. Yeah. And I guess this is the weird shit. Well, yeah. yeah. And if, yeah. if, um, so sorry. Um, if anybody wants to read this article, I got this from Tobias Whalen on singular 14.com. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has a write up on it and there you can read, you can read the whole article and it shows like other members of MUFON's uh, social media posts that they posted on there. I just don't feel like giving them any, any time or, you know, yeah, we can all use our yeah. imagination on how horrible it is. So, you know what? You know. And, and yeah. And, and again, I think this is probably the last time any of us is going to talk like that. I I'll be honest with you. When we banter about this, I was excited to be part of MUFON just because MUFON is one is what it was one of the first, but really honestly, I think that's the only fucking thing it really had going for it was it was one of the first that tried to compile what was going on, but even at best, it wasn't good. John, you said yourself that you filling out the report of what you saw years ago just was weird and how it was never organized. You couldn't even, when we reached out and both of us, you and I, Hey, who's a Utah rep for doing such and such. And it wasn't even the guy. The guy was like in Florida or some shit. Yeah. It, yeah, it was just such a weird, disorganized. And then, of course, Josh, you talk about the speakers, and we're not going to mention their names, but their speakers that said the same thing when we kind of first got together with the Utah UFO Festival. It's just been riddled with shit. And this yeah. is just, you know what? This came out. I didn't really blink an eye. I mean, I didn't go. Uh. My jaw didn't drop. I didn't go, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. I went, nah. Sounds about normal. Got it. You know, <laughs> sounds about move on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a historic organization. Uh, like you were saying, one of the first, um, but it seems like it's always kind of been riddled with controversy. Yeah. And like, we've talked about this off air a bunch of times and I don't understand how people who believe in aliens have time for racism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. Like, okay, you think there are complete other intelligent species out there possibly superior to human beings and you're, like, worried about someone's skin color? Like, what the fuck? Absolutely. Like, it just does not make sense to me. Nope. Uh, yeah, how Th- can There's you- no room for that shit. Intolerable. Yeah, absolutely not. No. And, anyway. yeah, so I think that's that's the nail in the coffin for me. Yeah, for me, too. And I tell you, uh, as far as I'm concerned, we'll make a pact unless fucking something else horrible comes up and we can help make them fucking dethrone themselves. I, I'm not mentioning move on anymore. I don't really care. And yeah. I've already, uh, I'm not subscribing back. I've already got rid of my card. Um, and kudos, by the way, shout out to Tobias Weiland did a great write up and he was one of the first kind of to get on it and, uh, break the news. And I, I thought that was really cool of him because, you know, he's very forthright him and his wife, both. Uh, so, you know, big shout out, big thank you to them. Friends of the show. Friends of the show (laughs) Wayne's World Okay Uh, So on the lighter note um, That's all I got to say about that (laughs) Life's like a box of chocolates Uh Um, On a lighter note uh, The European A European Space Agency Telescope has taken the first picture Of another solar system Uh, 
the European Southern Observatory has released the first image ever captured by a telescope of multiple planets orbiting around the sun-like star, just like our solar system. So that's cool, guys. Hmm. Uh, the ESO said Wednesday that its extremely large telescope, very creative name, uh, was set up in Chile's uh, Atacama Desert, uh, and it took the image. Um, the researchers said the newly discovered solar system is 300 light years away, relatively close by galactic standards. They said that the star is officially known as TYC 89987601. I better remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and located in the Musca or Fly constellation. They have determined it is barely 17 millions, million years old, so it's just a baby compared to our sun, which is believed to be 4.5 billion years old. Uh, research behind the discovery was published Tuesday in the Astrophysical Journal uh, Letters. Lead researcher Alexander Bonn of Leiden University said, what makes the discovery so exciting is that the star is a very young version of our sun, he said it. He said it provides a snapshot of our environment that is very similar to our solar system, but at a much earlier stage of its evolution. Uh, Bond said the observations can help scientists better understand the evolution of our own solar system. Taking direct images, he said, provides the best chance to detect life outside our solar system Hmm. if it exists. He said that in observing light from the planets themselves, the atmospheres can be analyzed for molecules and elements that might suggest life. Um, Astronomers typically confirm words but sorry, they typically confirm worlds around other stars by observing brief but periodic dimming of starlight, indicating an orbiting planet, which indirect observations have identified thousands of planets in our Milky Way galaxy this way. Uh, the ESO is considered the world's most productive astronomical observatory. It is supported by a consortium of European nations and Chile, as well as other member nations. Um, so this was from VOA. Um, and uh it's that's super interesting i'll uh i'll send send you the link shane so you can put the pictures in the show notes and i'll throw them up in the video uh version of this probably like right around here yeah um but they're <laughs> really cool that's like neat. it looks like that's cool it, it it looks like something out of interstellar like it's pretty cool wow it just that's amazes badass. me what we're still looking at we're still reaching <clears throat> out there and again just to confirm so what was the name of that telescope again uh, the extremely large telescope, oh, <laughs> or ELT. Gotcha. I don't <laughs> want to forget that. That's yeah, very authentic. Awesome. Okay, that's too cool. Hmm. Yeah, but yay, cool new solar system. No, and you know what? There's more space news too. I don't think we're covering the news, but you know, they. I think the scientists put together the first ever. Um, and Josh, you probably caught this 3D map of the universe and kind of the whole spectral thing. It's hmm. just what we're make. What we're seeing out there is kind of neat. And and the, you know the the what we're taking to process everything, how far we're seeing everything, it just yeah blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Yeah, I didn't catch that. That's rad though. Yeah, yeah. It's almost sometimes too much for me to even comprehend. I'm like, how can we see something 300 light years away? That's oh, just I know. insane. Well, like Josh was talking about earlier about the uh, the sun uh, satellite that we sent. So it takes pictures of. It's the closest thing that we ever have gotten to the sun to take the picture of the sun's surface. That's still 30 million miles away. So, yeah. you know, it's just crazy. 
But That's crazy. Anyway, very interesting, nice. very cool. Um, Josh, yeah, good story. We're going to take another break. We're going to wrap back around with some more stories and kind of wrap this up. Stand by, everybody. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we are back. Um, with that being said, you talk about space and, you know, I find it funny because usually, again, I don't really have episodes or I don't have stories that are directly UFO orientated, something like that. I did find something that is kind of funny for those of you who are stuck on COVID, just like us all. And, uh, we are watching Netflix and we're watching Amazon. So, and I love these guys to death. Everything they touch is just glorious. Uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost reunite to hunt ghosts in Amazon's horror comedy series, Truth Seekers. You guys heard about this? Um, I actually did kind of come across it, but I know that was in your notes, so I just purposely didn't read it. Oh, thanks, sir. (laughs) Appreciate it. So this is by John Squires, uh, bloodydisgusting.com, which, by the way, uh, there's an app for it. It's really cool. Uh, I watch it all the time. For those of you who may not know who this group is, I will give you a little bit of background, and we'll talk about the show that's coming on. The duo who won us over in Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, you reunite for Truth Seekers, a half-hour horror comedy TV series about three-person paranormal investigation team. The series was picked up by Amazon Prime Video around this time last year, and a batch of first-look images have hit the internet today. So let me read the synopsis of the show. And, you know, this is a short news article, but I just love anything they touch and anything to do with weird shit that's new, that's not Travel Channel orientated. I, I tend to like because travel channels get on my nerves, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, True Seekers is a horror comedy series about a team of part-time paranormal investigators who team up to uncover and film ghost sightings across the UK, sharing their adventures on online channel for all to see. However, as they stake out haunted churches, underground bunkers, and abandoned hospitals with their array of homemade ghost-detecting gizmos, their supernatural experiences grow more frequent, more terrifying, and even deadly as they begin to uncover a conspiracy that could bring about Armageddon for the entire human race. And you know what? I'm tired of hearing about conspiracy and Armageddon in this day and age, but, you know, this sounds fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 pumped for that. That'll be awesome. I think it's is it yeah, a TV it's, is it going to be a TV show or a movie? I didn't catch. It's going to be a TV show. So it'll be a 30-minute series. Um and then also part of it is Malcolm McDowell is in it. Which that guy just man, he keeps rocking and rolling. I love that dude. I don't I don't know who that is. Uh he you was You know him if you saw him. Yeah, you know him if you saw him. Yeah, he was well again, he well, was Well, where have I seen him? Help me out. Throw uh, a Clockwork Orange. There you oh, go. Um, the main guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's oh, okay. been in so much shit. Yeah, oh, he's yeah, all yeah. over. And now, now I know who you're talking about. The remakes, Halloween, Rob Zombie. He was a yeah, yeah, psychiatrist. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Check. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's getting up there in age, but he's still rocking and rolling. I think it's cool. So I don't know. You know, amidst, I bring it up because in the midst of everything going on with this situation we're in, it's always nice to catch a break and be able to see something like this and know that there's still... 
things out there that are being recorded and kind of being done. And I don't know. It's a nice little break in uh, break in reality, if you ask me. Yeah, it's good to sometimes take your mind off of how shitty the world is and it's only getting yeah. worse. Yeah, so, yeah, for yeah. real. Yeah. Definitely need some just like some time to take your brain out of things. Yeah. Um, the New York Times, our girl Leslie Kane and uh, Ralph Blumenthal just released an article on the New York times again. And if anybody isn't familiar with Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keene, they were the ones that did the New York times uh, article released with all the Navy UFO footage uh, back in 2017. Mm -hmm. So they just came out with another article today talking about it's titled. So this, like I said, New York times, Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Kane. No longer in shadows, Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. For over a decade, the program now, tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence, has discussed mysterious events and classified briefings. Despite Pentagon statements that it disbanded a once-covert program to investigate unidentified flying objects, the effort remains underway. Renamed and tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence, where officials continue to study mystifying encounters between military pilots and unidentified aerial vehicles. Mm. Pentagon officials will not discuss the program, which is not classified, but deals with classified matters. Yet it appeared last month in a Senate committee report outlining spending on the nation's intelligence agencies for the coming year. The report said the program, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, was to standardize collection and reporting on sightings of unexplained aerial vehicles and was to report at least some of its findings to the public every six months. So I thought that was pretty interesting if they end up actually releasing some type of something every six months. That's just Um, crazy. Yeah, so uh, our best friend, uh, Marco Rubio, you may have heard of him. You know, good old guy from Florida, Florida Republican. He is the acting chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. And he's kind of uh, full full on board with investigating these things. Um, he says that if if it is Russia or China, they have leaped us they have far surpassed our technology by leaps and bounds. Um, so he is very concerned with what these things are and he's determined to get to the bottom of it. Um, and he's not, um, he's not necessarily going into the extraterrestrial hypothesis at the moment, Mm -hmm. but he, he does just, you know, they are going to study these and see what the hell they are, because if it is Russia and China, then it does become a national security issue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually, so real quick, I was listening to a Micah Hanks program today, and I don't know if you guys listen to that show or not, but he uh, he played a quick clip with Mark Rubio and, or no, Rick, sorry, Mark Rick, Mark Rubio, correct? Yeah, Marco oh, Rubio. The, the, Marco Rubio? Marco Rubio, yeah. The, Sen- the senator? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, number one, he's being very de- de- divisive uh, as far as asking for this information, trying to get it out. And on the interview, he was flat out saying, look, you know, I'm not saying it's extraterrestrial, just like what you were saying, John. We just, we just need to know. We're seeing these things. They're happening around the bases. There has to be some kind of coverage on this one way or another. Um, yeah. Very laid out, very plain talk. I, I was actually pretty impressed, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I mean they're no longer saying like oh we don't know that like that's that's nothing nothing's happening like it's confirmed that there are unidentified craft 
whatever that may be, unidentified craft in restricted airspace. And that's a huge problem. Um, yeah, and absolutely. It, especially if it is one of America's adversaries flying in restricted airspace with no repercussion whatsoever. Um, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a huge deal when you're talking, you know, national security issues. Yep. yep. So Luis Elizondo, if I'm sh- sure everybody should be familiar with who he is now. Um, he's kind of the lead guy on unidentified, which just started airing again on the history channel. And it's really good. I think there's two, maybe three episodes out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was the, um, he spent 10 years with the program, a tip, which, um, was what they were calling it back then. And they kept saying a tip closed, but it never really closed. It just turned into this, uh, program. And he says it no longer has to hide in the shadows. It will have a new transparency, which is pretty sweet. And Elizondo believes that they have crashed materials that they've retrieved for study. Remember him saying that. Yeah. Yeah. But with everything being classified and this or that, like they can make these extraordinary claims, but not give any evidence or proof, you know? Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. And Mr. Uh, Harry Reed, Bigelow's good friend. He's a Senator. He used to be the, um, he used to be on the chair of God. I can't remember what the program is all of a sudden, but he was all about studying the phenomenon and he does believe it's extraterrestrial he absolutely does and actually just some background we've talked about him before so harry reed was a senator for nevada and yes. he was the one that kind of earmarked that money to go to uh, bigelow's project he was one of the one of the guys that were kind of running the troop on that so uh-huh. yeah and he's he's quoted as saying after looking into this i came to the conclusion that there were reports some were substantive some not so substantive that there were actual materials that the government and the private sector had in their possession so apparently is no crash artifacts have been publicly produced for independent verification some retrieved objects such as unusual metallic fragments were later identified from laboratory studies as man made and then it goes on to Talk about Eric W. Davis. He is an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program since 2007 said that in some cases, examination of the materials had so far failed to determine their source and led him to conclude we couldn't make it ourselves. The the constraints on discussing classified programs, like I said, and the ambiguity of information cited in unclassified slides from the briefings have put officials who have studied UFOs in the position of stating their views without presenting any hard evidence, like like I stated before. And this is pretty interesting. Mr. Davis, who now works for Aerospace Corporation, a defense contractor, said he gave a classified briefing to a defense department agency as recently as March about retrievals from quote unquote off world vehicles, not made on this earth. Mr. Davis said he also gave classified briefings on retrievals of unexplained objects to staff members of the Senate armed services committee on October 21st, 2019 and to staff members of the Senate intelligence committee two days later. Hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. That's that, that's the, that's the long and short of it. Um, and Mr. Reed, Senator Reed from Nevada, uh, made public to clarify what is known and what is not. It is He's quoted as saying, it is extremely important that information about the discovery of physical materials or retrieved craft come out. Well, yeah, we all agree. 
I think I, with that, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Right. God. So, Reed. Um, you know, it's nothing, nothing really came out in that article to where it's, you know, completely reality bending or paradigm shifting, but um, uh, it is a good article in the way that now it's 100% known that we do have the intelligence committee studying these crafts, studying these unknown objects in the sky and hopefully, if we're to believe anything that they say, there should be a little bit more transparency, whether well, that's absolutely. true or not. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see if that's true. I mean, we should keep our eyes out in December, January and see if something else kind of leaks out or something. I just get so, I'm, I'm get so tired of this baiting. Like, a little yeah. baiting. We're just getting baited the whole way. It just It's really wearing on my nerves for the most part. <laughs> But yeah, yeah teach your own. Just have Valiant Thor come out and do a press conference yeah. and say, you it's know. Not hard. The guy's still around. I think he's living in Oregon with Bob, right? He's got to he? be. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jesus. It would be it would be really cool to get a little more transparent transparency around like what what we know and what we don't know. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That Absolutely. would be pretty dope. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, at least we got some centers pushing. I, I don't know. You know, I'm not gonna yeah, hold man, my breath. I'm, I'm not a fan of Marco Rubio, but I'm I'm not either. But you know, kudos on him for well, fuck no, you but, know. The beach yeah, is full, but, so he couldn't go out there, so he has to work on something else. I mean, if he's gonna do some part of his job and try and investigate this, then cool. Yeah, but, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, um, pretty interesting and it would be, you know, basically hopefully we can get some more transparency in this, and that's essentially what it is. But if you guys want to read that, go over to New York Times and check it out. Cool. Cool. And Leslie Keen is my lady. I love her. She does. I love her work. Everything she touches is gold to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of China, um, China, they, <laughs> they launched, <laughs> uh, their own solo moon mission today. Yes, they did. July oh, really? 23rd. A solo uh, moon mission. So one man or no, it's a that? rover. Um, okay. but it's, uh, solo is in not, Together just with any their, other nation or space yeah, agency. It's just their space agency. Gotcha. Yeah, that is super secretive. So this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, China. So uh, the March 5 rocket took off under clear skies from the Hainan Island, south of China's mainland, as space enthusiasts gathered on the beach across the bay from the launch site. Uh, Li Deping was quoted as saying, this is a kind of hope, a kind of strength. He's the co-founder of the China branch of the Mars Society and advocacy group. Um, he he watched with his wife, eleven-year-old son, and two thousand others on the beach. So it's really interesting. This is kind of a long article, so I don't want to read like a ton from it. Um, but it's just really interesting. Uh, apparently, the launch went well, which uh, they tried to launch. I, I want to say like six months ago from Kazakhstan, and uh, the rocket didn't. Uh, break free from the atmosphere ended up burning up um but this apparently is it settled into orbit about 45 minutes after it uh it was launched and it's going to basically slingshot out to mars take it a little bit to get there but um yeah it's really interesting and like i don't know like on the one hand i think it's cool that other other countries are are trying to do cool stuff like that. On the other hand, it makes me super nervous that it's China. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you. Well, I was going to say too, not to piggyback on you, but you know, Russia did theirs too. So yeah. there's other countries that are like doing, which you know, again, well, it seems like they're just surpassing us now, and we're we're about to not be a world. You know, we're we, not, you we, know. we haven't been for a long time. And you know yeah. what's funny is in history, uh, fucking Sputnik was launched and it blew us out of the water for our moon mission. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, Eisenhower is beyond fucking pissed off. And it seems mm-hmm. like it's re- history is repeating itself. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think other countries are going to Russia and China for aid and all that stuff rather than coming to America for that. So that's a whole They're other – That's probably a whole other, getting a better deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. So – <laughs> yeah, um, we, should, we should make one. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I, honestly, who wants to listen to my wild political takes? I don't <laughs> hey, talk to you guys about geopolitical craziness. <laughs> I was going to reach out to you when we first started this together, and I was going to ask you if you wanted to do something really crazy, and I, I just never could have a name for it, and I wasn't sure if we had time, but there's shit that's happening behind the curtain. It just, oh, God, it blows my mind. Oh, oh my God. Any, any time, and it will also help me keep my weird your, your obsession sanity. with politics off the <laughs> off the show <laughs> yeah you need an yeah, outlet you need an outlet exactly yeah yeah i think uh, you're worse than um, i am <laughs> yeah but uh yeah you know i mean on the one hand that's it's really cool that they they were able to accomplish that um i think everyone listening who's been listening for very long knows of my deep-seated distrust of the chinese communist party but i mean Rightfully so. Watching watching the stuff that's been happening in our own backyard, I uh, I trust our government about as much these days. So anyway, cheers to a Mars mission. Yeah, (laughs) great job, China. Yeah, I will say, did uh, any of you catch? And just to to just wrap up your episode real quick, your news report on your side, Josh. Did you see the Mars renderings that are coming out, like the 4K renderings of the landscape? From our pro, no. oh, they're fucking amazing. I like, haven't seen those either. It looks like you're standing. Well, to be honest with you, it looks like you're standing in Arizona, looking out on the landscape. But it's not Arizona. Minus the I scrub. Think. Yeah, like, exactly. But it is Mar. It's just clear definition. Oh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty neat. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Where can we find that? You know, I'm not too sure. I would look up uh, Mars 4K. I know they also cleaned up. And again, we covered the. Uh, Apollo missions on an episode. They also have released, um, I think, the original or one of the original landings, and they put it in a 4K high definition for the moon. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's really kind of cool. So kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, New York Post is breathtaking 4K video shows Mars in ultra high definition. So um, if anybody wants to go there, go to the New York Post, and it is by Bruce Golding. and that was released july 22nd so yesterday yeah yeah oh and if you want to read up on the uh chinese moon launch it's uh this story was from the houston chronicle um and it was written by where did his name go samuel mcneil and uh this is a hard one anaruda gosal sure um it's it's a really interesting read but it's like not the kind of thing that anyone wants to listen to me stumble through reading into a microphone yeah i, I get what like, you're talking about with the whole fair check back it and out. Forth, though. yeah 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 that's cool that's awesome um, so i'm watching this video right now instead think? of concentrating on the podcast that we're doing currently <laughs> yeah um that's 
pretty damn incredible. That's uh, cool. I mean, like I said, it's it's like the landscape is unimpressive, but the thing that's just amazing about that is that's Mars. Yeah, it's a it's you know a what completely I mean? like, different planet. It, it looks you know? it looks like there's some sand Star Wars creature about to like jump out and attack you. Like yeah, yeah, it, 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 like it, it almost amazing. looks like certain places in on Earth. Yeah, I um I don't know. I'm excited for the future what that looks like if we just can get past the selfish bullshit that we have now amongst us human beings and I, you know, fingers crossed, but I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, maybe yeah. Conway West will change it for us when he becomes president. Uh, president West, let's do it. <laughs> anyway, um, we were going to – so, John, when we were actually reading your article, Josh and I were bannering back forth on the chats. We're going to wrap up. We're coming up in an hour. But I did have – I want to kind of lighten the mood, and I think Josh agrees on some of the people that uh, the – What's out there kind of taking your mind off COVID, your mind off what's going on. I know I covered the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost show, but there actually are the ones that are kind of exciting. And Josh, I don't know if you had anything loaded on your site. I've got one I'd like to say that I watched, but or uh, yeah, go right ahead. And then I'll, we can follow roundhouse that. Okay. We'll roundhouse that and then we'll wrap up the show. Um, it is really cool. I knew it was being filmed. And again, it's weird times with everything. Uh, <laughs> but sorry, we're reading our chat, so you completely screwed me up. Anyway, um, what's really neat is that this is a part three. I watched the trailer today. I'm hoping the movie's going to be worthwhile. But have you guys checked out the new Bill and Ted trailer? No, yeah. but I can't wait. Oh. Yeah, I'm so pumped for that. Like, uh, I follow. Uh, Want to say his name's John Solomon, the dude who who was like wrote and well, or co-wrote and directed the movie the original, well, all of them. Um, I follow him on Twitter. And like when he first started talking about doing like right before he started talking about Bill and Ted three, uh, he was just like posting like old notes from when him and his buddy came up with the premise for Bill and Ted and like kind of wrote it. And I was fucking hella drunk one night and he posted (laughs) one of those and I just like tweeted at him like, dude, like I used to take the bus from my small town to the next city over to watch this movie in the theater. Like yeah. my dad took, took me to the first, my first screening of it. And it like meant a shit ton to me when I was a kid, you know? And, uh, he like replied and was super gracious and was just like, yeah, that's way cool, man. Thank you. Like, I don't know. Uh, so it's awesome. Yeah. He's a, he's a super, he's fun, a fun follow if you're on Twitter. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, but I'm fucking pumped for Bill and Ted 3. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I think what's cool about it, too, is Keanu has turned into... Number one, I love everything that fucking guy touches, it seems. And, you know, I know we said this about Bill Cosby, so knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't jinx anything. But it seems like he's just got a heart of gold. He really has his heart in the right place. He really puts effort in these little cameos he does in other movies. Like, he just one of, he's one of the best actors out there, as far as I'm concerned. And having him revisit and go back and pulling out his partner and doing that again, I, I don't yeah. know. Just so cool. He's he's one of those guys that uh, that you never hear anyone post like, a, oh, I had a terrible experience when I met this guy. Right. He's just always like gracious and down to earth. Like he donated his money, like his pay from the, I think the original Matrix to the crew. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I remember hearing you know, about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he so. he just like uh <laughs> for some reason I think because everything awful was happening when this was a trending topic like uh and it, it, all those stories of what a awesome rad dude Keanu is were were in the news cuz people needed to pick me up and like I guess like Viola Davis had her car break down before she was famous and anyone knew who she was like outside of a restaurant and he like came running across the street to help her get it started and going again and just like tons of stories yeah. like that like yeah. guy guy's amazing I, I don't know can Keanu it's run for good. president shit oh right he should god I wish well anybody <laughs> I mean, can while do we're, well we don't need another actor president but I mean while we're nominating celebrities I mean let's just if we're going to keep doing that. <laughs> well, evidently, that's a criteria for presidency because, you know, Trump has proved that you can be anybody and be fucking president. Well, anyway. and Reagan was awful. Let's not have any more actor presidents. Uh, yeah. Well, we should have learned the first time. Anyway, um, that was cool. Actually, uh, there is another show coming out on August 2nd, and it's uh, America slash England's family sweethearts, the Osbournes. Oh. The Osbournes, the Osbournes have a new show coming out on the yeah. Travel Channel. Uh, it premieres August second. So all aboard the crazy train, choo choo. <laughs> yeah, but did you read about what that's about? By the way, um, a little bit. So it's going to be an eight part series starring Jack, Ozzy, and Sharon Osbourne. Um, Jack Osborne is basically determined to make his parents, Ozzy and Sharon, full-fledged paranormal believers. And obviously it's going to be on the Travel Channel because why not? And um, I guess Ozzy and Sharon are kind of like borderline skeptics and Jack is determined to turn them on to the other side. And he's going to share the craziest, most jaw-dropping videos of supernatural activity ever caught on camera. Yeah. Um, so I, I think at the very least, the show's going to be worth like checking out. And I mean, the I'll watch the first one. Why, yeah. How, how is Ozzy a borderline skeptic? I mean, I've fucking listened to a shitload of Black Sabbath and his solo stuff. And like, I know, right? <laughs> it sounds like he believes in some weird shit. You know what? I mean, he's the prince. He's the prince of darkness, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, here. So here's the How thing. How can you be a skeptic, sir? I think, and I could be wrong, and I don't know. Maybe we take bets on this, but you know, again, I, I love the Osbournes back together. It's cool. It's retro. But you know, you guys know that Jack Osborne, and I can't remember her name, his other co-host on that Portals to Hell. So he's got a show on Travel Channel. He's going to play all the Portals to Hell clips to Ozzy and Sharon to try to disprove what's going on. So I feel it's just me being a skeptic. I feel like that it's just him trying to, his show's not really picking up where it needs to pick up. So he's going to throw this in here to kind of bring it more media attention savvy of sorts. Hmm. Maybe not, but that's what it sounds like. Is the I'll show good? It. Portal no, to hell. It's not good. It, it portals no. to hell. It's a, it's, I I don't know. I personally, I think it's like a class B version of Ghost Adventures, and you probably think Ghost Adventures. I watch them just because they're Vegas based, but I get so tired of Zach Beggins and his respirator and his other. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just <laughs> everything's a jump. Shh, did you smell that? I. It's just come on, yeah, guys. Can you? I can't just, stand that. Can you just do an episode and not worry about it? You well, um, I'll, I'll watch the first episode. And I'll give it a back. check. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe, yeah, God, maybe we'd get together and do it over beers or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But yeah. there's one other episode on Travel Channel, and then I'll throw it to Josh if he has anything. But uh, Hotel Paranormal is coming to Travel Channel, um, I believe, this weekend, and I will confirm. But do you want to guess who's hosting it? Dan Aykroyd. We've talked about this. Dan Aykroyd. We did, but it oh, yeah. wasn't. I thought it was a Canadian <laughs> we thing. We did talk about it. But I thought it was strictly going to be released in Canada. And I think Travel Channel picked it up on the backside. So, oh, yeah, red. That, which is that cool. was actually, I did a story on that last news episode. But was it for yeah, Travel Shane. Channel? Was it for, oh, yeah, okay. it was for Hotel Paranormal. I have to stop my scary shows because evidently I'm getting them confused. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I, did, I did a whole story. I, I can see how much you listen to me. So, yeah, you know, so sorry. thank you. Thank <laughs> it's you like that. my wife all over again. I just think it's cool because it's Dan Aykroyd. I mean, anything that man touches is, is gold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. Cool. I, I think I'm definitely more eager to see Dan Aykroyd's new paranormal show than the Osbournes. Oh, what the oh, fuck yeah. was that? Oh. <laughs> Sharon, Sharon, there's a goddamn ghost behind you. <laughs> I'm the prince of fucking darkness. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Oh, my God. Anyway, oh, man. that's all I got on my side. Yeah, so, that's all I've got as well. Uh, the old lady and I were watching... Uh, the 30 rock like reunion show, which was also just basically a commercial for all of the new stuff that's coming to NBC and Peacock. And, uh, I get Peacock for free through Comcast. Um, and there are a couple of really cool new shows on that. Uh, there's a brave new world, which is based off the Aldous Huxley novel of yesteryear. Mm. Um, that's basically it was basically one of the first uh like utopian slash dystopian stories um and it's really cool uh this is like uh updated to more modern times um but if you've ever heard of like soma that's the drug that everyone from the advanced utopian society takes to like feel calm or pleasure or anything they're just basically fucking stoned out of their minds the whole time mm-hmm. and then uh the savages quote unquote uh that live in what's left of America uh, hmm. that refused to join this new utopian society when it emerged. Um, they're not on Soma and they're looked down upon. They're basically corralled into a theme park that at least in the show is like Jurassic park, oh but God. with dipshits from the like lower Midwest, like Oklahoma instead of uh, dinosaurs. Um, but it's been really cool. Um, it is definitely not PG 13. Um, one of the rules of the utopian society is no monogamy. Um, and everybody bangs everybody. Um, so, you know, if you're into that right into my uh, stream, yeah, it's, uh, it's very not censored. Um, but the story is super interesting. Uh, it's shot really well. The special effects are good. Um, Demi Moore's in it like, Oh, really? A bit. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it was her because the character she plays is like a white trash person from Savage Land. But uh, there's like a twist with her character that I don't want to I don't want to. Yeah, don't ruin it for us. (laughs) But uh, it's really interesting. Um, Like she plays like just basically one of the main characters, drunk moms. Um, wow! Basically. I think the last movie I, I, I imagine, her- I just imagine that Demi Moore is probably a drunk mom or was. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, saying she's I, a bad person because I'm no, a yeah, drunk yeah. dad. But yeah, I, I want to say that like she recently like went through like a 
stint in rehab or something and is like sober now or something. But I remember hearing some stuff about that. I, I think that um, I, the last movie I watched with her and it was this B rated where they were going on some kind of a trip for the company and it was supposed to be one of those positive enforcement trips and they ended up trapped in a cave and they turned into cannibals. Like it was a worst fucking comedy. <laughs> I think it was the last thing That's I ever comedy? saw. It. Well, it was a comedy, it, you know, loosely based like on, on purpose. But, well, or just because yeah. it was that bad. No, it was on purpose, but it wasn't, wasn't played very well. Let's just well, say all, all I got to say is if Demi Moore is listening, I love you, Demi. I mm. love you. Nice play, so. sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I like started binging it and got like halfway through. Uh, I'm going to try and watch some more of it tonight. Um, there are nine episodes so far. Um, and then there's another show that I don't think is out yet called debris, um, where it's basically, uh, the, this group of people that, um, are scientists, uh, I think for like some secretive government agency that are tracking pieces of an object that do weird things to people like, Hmm. uh, make them weightless, make them, uh, like can be dangerous, can give them like powers and stuff. It looks pretty, Hmm. uh, fringe ish X files ish, which I love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, it looks really well done. There's a trailer. Um, like if you IDMB it or, you know, anything like that. It's, uh, it looks really, really interesting and really cool. Like basically like covert investigations of crashed UFO kind of stuff. So huh, looks cool. like it's going to be way fun. I hear nice. they brought back to like uh, all the heroes, the whole series of heroes and other things on Peacock. I don't, if anybody uh, remembers Peacock basically has like everything that, uh, NBC Universal has put out so there's like done. Okay. tons of movies uh there's like even stuff from the Paramount Network which like uh you hmm. can get that Kevin Costner uh basically soap opera with horses um, Yellowstone Yellowstone yeah yeah, so, yeah um Jake and I were talking about that we're trying to get you into it, it it's a pretty filthy drama you know in the country Yeah the it's first nice. two seasons were filmed here I didn't know that but I guess they're moving it up to Montana Art now yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but I think both of those shows, well, one of them I know for sure is really good, and uh, Debris looks pretty interesting. Yeah. So, Well, I'll talk to you offline because I think I've got the same thing with free Peacock. Uh, I've got Comcast. I just don't know how to act it, so we'll we'll go from there. But um, we just want to kind of take your guys' minds off everything that's going on, and there's some cool shows coming out. Uh, and you know, every, hopefully you guys are doing okay. If you want to write us on any of these news episodes or any ideas or any choices, any options you guys have on your side, as far as what you want to hear, um, where you want us to go, by all means, we can kind of pencil it in. We're working roughly about three weeks out. So, you know, but we'll answer emails and we'll look at that and you can email us at strangejungles at gmail.com. Um, you can also write us on any strange stories. I do have a couple people that have told me that they have things to tell. Um, we have not received them. We're trying to get enough recordings together where maybe we'll do one episode on just people's call-ins, and that's kind of the goal. Um, so we'll compiling that in the background a little bit, and you can actually call us at 801-252-69. Oh, yeah. 45, and you can call us and let us know. Um, and then also social. You guys want to cover that? Yeah, uh, you can tweet at us at Strange Uncles on Twitter. Um, you can see pictures and show posts and stuff uh, at Strange Uncles 
podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I think that's it for social media. Yeah. Good. And rate us. Hit us up. Rate us. Review us. Do all that stuff. It helps us. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, We put the video version of these, uh, well, like the video from the Zoom call version of these episodes on our YouTube channel. Uh, So subscribe and like to that too if you like the visual format. Um, And uh, Patreon. We are Strange Uncles at Patreon, or sorry, Patreon slash Strange. God, I can't talk. (laughs) Go for it, John. Patreon.com slash Strange Uncles. Thank you. There we go. Uh, We're there. Yeah, and join us. us and let us know. We actually have a couple more followers, and uh, weekly we release stuff, and every other week we have things out there. And so, you know, there's something to uh, titillate everybody. But anyway, this was a news episode. Again, this will drop here Sunday. Hopefully everybody's happy and safe. Wear your masks. Just suck it up, people. Wash your hands. Grow up. Let's kind of get through this a little bit. And um, as far as I'm concerned, stay weird. So, yeah. Stay weird, Portland. Close the gates. Close the gates. You've been listening to a fourth hand production. <laughs>